This is the Stephen Pope Ask Me Any Amazon Question, weekly Fridays at noon.
We'll be going live in under five minutes. The My Amazon Guy Ask Me Any Amazon Question. Type your question into the comment section right now. to ask me any Amazon question going live in under one minute. 
Ask me a PPC question, SEO, design, catalog. It's my passion to help the Amazon community, and I'm here to answer your questions. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy with more than 300 employees worldwide serving your Amazon accounts. I'm also the owner of My Refund Guy, a clawback service, Mag School with courses under $20, and find your next virtual assistant at sellercentraljobs.com. Hello, welcome to the Friday Ask Me Anything. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. Super excited about our new music and intro there. Feedback, very welcome. Let me know what you guys thought of that. And today we're going to be taking questions. PPC, SEO, design, could be anything in between, any catalog, brand registry stuff, all that's good too. Uh, we've got a donation coming in from Beast Canteen for 10. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Beast is going to want us to do an ASIN review. We've been uh, having a lot of requests for ASIN reviews. If you'd like your ASIN review today, please do a $10 donation. We'll spend three or four minutes on it. We're going to be starting on that one in just a minute. Um, and so it's been a, a great week. We're about to launch sellercentraljobs.com. This is uh, putting the final touches on it. It's been taking a little bit longer to get it going, but basically it's going to be everything that onlinejobs.ph was. Um, I'll pull that up on screen here so you guys can check, take a look. We're we're pretty dang close. We've got most of the uh, things in place. So really excited about that. You guys are going to be able to go there to find employment and find employees, find a job or post a job, if you will. Uh, and you're going to also be able to load your mag school course certificates. And I'm opening incognito because when I go over to this website, it logs me in. Um, so all these Mag School courses, all these certificates you guys have been getting, you're going to be able to display them on a profile, and then you're going to have founders be able to link them, uh, or rather, you're going to have be able to have the ability to link your certificates inside of SellerCentralJobs.com, and then employers are going to be able to filter to see who has completed these, and then they're going to be able to be able to find the talent that's already trained and certified. So. That's kind of the tie-in here. Really excited about it. Um, just as a heads up, the launching on Amazon course is our newest course. It is only on sale for one more day. It's going to go up to $20 starting tomorrow. So if you want to snag that for $10 instead of waiting for the $20, what we do is every time we launch a new course, we're going to put it at 50% off for seven days, and then it will never go back on sale. So check out the launching on Amazon course. A lot of fun we had building that one out. Um, our number one thing that somebody enrolls in is our five course bundle. We've had 70 people just in the last week alone enroll on that one. Other new course, we have building variations. And we also have the infographics course where you can grab all of our infographics we've been making and submitting online. So it's going to be kept up to date each month. So those are just some new things that we have going on. So with that in mind, I'm super excited to start diving into your questions. We're going to start first with the sticker donations. Then we're going to do member questions. And then uh, if we have time, we'll do some future member questions. If you want to join and become a member of the channel today, all you got to do is go to youtube.com 
slash my Amazon guy and hit that join button. All right, so let's get to our first review. We've got the Beast Canteen Wood Fiber Dishwasher Safe Cutting Board. And this is a really fun product. I love cutting boards uh, and, and, and kind of the higher quality wood. Uh, so this is something that's, this is like, I like being in this category, if you were. And so on here, we've got a coupon. We've got a bunch of information, uh, things that are going on with this and mine. And let's take a look at some of the photo stack. So the thing that's most missing in the photo stack is probably a little bit more emphasis on the use, right? So uh, this photo is good, but it's it doesn't necessarily pop out, right? So if you're looking at the photo stack, the person photo, it doesn't pop, right? So there's not enough color in it. She's wearing black. The red wine's there, but but it's it kind of just melds into the brown. So somebody looking for the person shot, it doesn't pop out. And humanizing photos and the product, it, it really, really important thing. So I'm wondering if this photo needs to go to slot two because I think that the consumer is not looking for it. So I would move that to slot two. I do like uh, the fact that you're showing and telling hey, low maintenance, dishwasher safe, and you put it into the dishwasher, right? Like that is the classic show and tell. The, the quality of the photography is really strong and you, you do a really good job with this. Um, for me, most of my feedback is gonna be around coloring. And, and so you have brown and black and that's, that's kind of the, the colors here. And so because of that, this nice ribeye steak here uh, is not as weighted as it potentially could be. Uh, and I think it's underserving just because of all of the brown and black, that brown steak just kind of blends in. The person in a black shirt also just blends in. So that's my biggest concern. I, I, I do think this is like an A minus though. Uh, very, very strong photo stack. As we look at the listing and the title and the bullets, there's obviously a lot of optimization work that's been going in. Um, I don't know if I would put knife friendly. I don't know if somebody searches that way. Heat resistance. Don't know if I've ever looked for a heat resistance cutting board. So, so these sort of features, um, they may be very specific uh, niche that you're seeking to hit. And, 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 it, and it might be a correct one, but it's not necessarily easy for me to ascertain that very quickly. And I wonder if uh, there's some keyword data that you're using to come to those conclusions. And if there is, by all means, keep doing it. But if there is, if, if, the, if it's not in the data, um, I would not include some of those, those languages in there. Um, okay, so let's take a look at some of the other things. So we got the brand story. I love the backdrop. It, again, it shows the product in use. It makes you want to click and see more of it. And this is just really nice looking, just incredible brand story aspect. Um, Beast Canteen with the black bear. And, 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 and it's a really strong uh, branding uh, persona where, where we can see like the outline of the bear and I feel it. But I also really like all of the colors I'm seeing here. And so what I'm wondering is if we go back to this photo stack here, if the text that's white on black, which does match the black branding of the Beast Canteen, maybe uh, the color pop just needs to be a little bit more obvious. 
but this is a great shot. So it feels very well done in the brand story. So the one drawback I see is we're reusing some images from the photo stack and I would try and avoid that. Like this is a different angle of the same concept and it feels new. Uh, but some of the other ones were kind of redone. So I would try and find a way and that, and that and there's the second shot, which we already have in the brand story, right? So this one's a new shot. Uh, so if we could maybe in that photo shoot you did, because it looks like to me, you clearly did a high quality photo shoot. If we could use a different angle um, of some of these things that we haven't used before, I think that would be beneficial and emphasize on that. Great job taking up lots of space. I don't even need to right click the images to know you've already done a plus uh, alt text just based on the fact you're, you're you've been with us a long time. Um, let's take a quick look at some of the sales data and see what it's doing. So sales rank of 170K. This product has not gotten off the ground. It's struggling. It's been here since April. So here's what I would do on your listing. I would knock this price down to $15 for 48 hours. I would then put it up to $19.99 for, for a week or two, and then $24 after that, and then work your way up to $36. I think that your listing is optimized and well done. It needs some velocity. The thing that it's missing is entirely related to just getting orders in the door. And one of the products that that I had an issue with recently, I'll, I'll show you guys this um, in a second. It was all a pricing issue. So before we do that, let's take a look. So it's indexed for 402 and it's been up since April. This is completely a velocity problem in my opinion because the listing is clearly well optimized it should be indexing for 2000 words 4 months in for the level of effort that you have put into optimizing the listing so i i think you need to get some user generated content built pay some tiktokers to shoot some videos doing funny things with your your board and link to it uh your indexing is just it just there's no seo traffic going to this listing so the biggest problem you have is you're an extraordinarily competitive category. Everybody can sell a cutting board. It's super easy to get into the space. And so because of that, I am 100% confident on my recommendation. Lower the price, get sales, slowly raise the price, and I think you'll be fine. Uh, I mentioned that I had some trouble with this product. So I lowered the price down to $15 on this, and I sold 500 units after not selling even 10 units over the previous 30 days. And, and so like I'm running the exact play on my own listing, high quality product. Your photos are even better than mine, arguably, right? Like you did an actual photo shoot. I did Photoshop. And so I think that'll work out really well for you. Okay. So that was a really good ASIN review. Not necessarily the easiest one to do. Let's go to Jaheel's next. Uh, uh, Geraldine, if you could find Jaheel's, we got a $10 donation there. We also have Edwin with five. Thank you, sir. On that, Edwin. Uh, Geraldine, let me know which of the ones we're going to pull up next. I don't know if we've got uh, an ASIN review request on the 10 one. B says, when you negate a plural exact, does it negate the singular? And <laughs> I believe the answer is yes on this. We had an interesting dialogue about this question because somebody on Facebook asked me the other day, and I'm going to pull the video down here just a little bit. Um, we were asked on Facebook, like, hey, the singular does not convert and the plural does. And they had a massive 300% cost on the one and a 20% cost on the other. And so 
if you negate a plural with an S on it, uh, unfortunately, Amazon will negate the singular as well. I think Amazon needs to change this. Uh, but that's what we've experienced. And so it's very challenging. This is a really strong PPC question to understand, right? Like most people don't know this, but exact match does also hit the plurals. Uh, and so like an S on it, for example. And so that's a that's a big challenge, really big challenge, especially if it doesn't convert as well. That's that's just a really big challenge. All right. So let's look at uh, Jahil's question. I'm working with someone who has Seller Central and a Vendor Central account, but they have the same exact products and sizes for both. All right. No problem so far. We constantly run into a buy box issue where the vendor will have the buy box and our Seller Central account doesn't, which means higher storage fees. They've had it at times for two months in a row with some random days where Seller Central will have the buy box, which obviously makes making adjustments harder on Seller Central. What is your opinion on Amazon vendor? What should I do in this situation? Stopping differentiating sizes isn't something the owner wants to do after multiple talks between me and the account manager. Okay. So you've, you've already tried to strategize this. You came to the right conclusions already. Uh, what you're going to do is basically say, cool, I understand Amazon Seller Central is the backup. It's not the primary. That is that is what you're hearing from the brand owner. Therefore, keep minimal stock there and use FBM more uh, as an additional backup. So you're going to create a duplicate SKU in Seller Central with one SKU being FBA and the other being FBM. So the fulfillment method is going to be different between the two SKUs on the same ASIN. And keep your storage at FBA minimal. Uh, and then also the other thing I would do if you haven't started doing this is track the inventory counts at Vendor Central. And if you see a problem where they're not stocking it appropriately, then filter over Seller Central. The other thing you might want to consider doing is having the Seller Central listing at a dollar higher so that if uh, you you can plan a little bit easier if the buy box is not randomly rotating. It would be better to have one consistent, in my opinion. Uh, the only reason Vendor Central would flip the buy box over to seller is if they're low in stock or they're overwhelmed in the warehouse and they do it from an algorithmic standpoint. They're not doing this based on some human watching it. It's all algorithm based. So really strong question there. Hopefully that's an answer. Feel free to ask a follow-up if you need to. Uh, thank you for the donation, Edwin. $5 coming. We have fixed an issue with our product and customers we're having issues with. What's the best way to share these changes with customers via the listing? Images, bullet points, and title. I get this question from time to time. Uh, it's a really good one. My thought is it, it change the title, the bullets, the images, and the A-plus content to include new language updated language, um, improved language, new and improved, right? And so like in the title, you're going you're gonna to ditch some of your keywords that you normally want to stuff in there. And you're going to have new and improved in all caps and in parentheses or an exclamation mark. And in, in the second photo slot, you're going to burn that slot to say what changes you made to sell into the objections of people who reviewed the product previously and had a complaint. And then in the bullets, use the first bullet point to say new and improved and list out what's new and improved. In the brand story, 
Don't talk about the new and improved. Keep that to the, just the brand. And then in the top of the A-plus content, again, image with text and a header, new and improved, and list out why. If you do that, there's pretty much nothing better than doing exactly those things. The other thing, too, is you could answer. Um, so this is actually really cool, guys. I actually just discovered this yesterday. This is brand new information for me. But on a listing, you guys can actually respond to a question from a customer using a video. And I did not even know this was possible or a thing until one of my brand managers pointed it out to me. Her name is Miona. She helps me out on my brand. And so if we scroll down here, you're going to see we've done exactly that. So here's a question. Where is the box set made? And Neona gave an eight-second answer right on camera and just, just said, hey, it's all sourced in the United States, right? Because that's true. It's all made in the United States. We actually make the soap and the lotion all in the United States. And we don't do a really good job of explaining that. But like the cup is printed in the U.S. It's the box is made in the U.S. Everything is made in the U.S. We probably need to take an action item on that and improve that. But here you can see, like, if you had a question on your listing, Edwin, about a problem and you came back and answered it with a video and then showed and told how it's new and improved, people are going to see that, especially if you have right on screen the graphic that says new and improved making your video. Right. So I would highly recommend doing that. These are ways you can showcase this. Was there anybody on watching today that actually knew you could do a video response to a customer question? Because I did not know that. That is so cool and new information. And we're going to go through and do more of these. Uh, videos can also be uploaded uh, directly from the product detail page on the back end. And then you can also load videos uh, that show up for related products. So if you go to one of your competitors listings, you could load a video there by clicking the upload video button. Kind of shady to do, but I've seen a lot of people get do it. And uh, consumers can also load videos. They will show up there as well. And then here, of course, is the video slot that shows our unboxing with all of the confetti and whatnot. Really good question, Edwin. Tian, I, I feel like you've been a member before. Welcome back. If I want to target an ASIN, what is the best strategy? Sponsored display PPC, sponsored product, product target, SEO. Which one is best with a low budget? Sponsored product display targeting is going to be the answer here. Uh, it's going to have the lowest cost. Uh, the display is also viable. Um, I would say cost could be anywhere from 20 to 50% higher. Uh, but you do get the custom aspect of it, and it's a little stickier, and it's a little bit more unique. So there is some benefits to doing the display. Uh, for SEO purposes, I don't really think there's a lot you can do to do like a an ASIN targeting. But if we look at an, a, a product here, similar items to consider. So if you advertise the heck out of a listing, you'll eventually see you show up there. Sometimes listings will also have the frequently bought together, right? So you've got this plus this plus this, add all three to a cart. And, and so if you get, um, if you train the consumer to buy multiple products by yours, plus the ACE in your targeting, you will show up in the frequently bought together. Now, the downside is you might show up on both of them, right? So if we go over to this one, we got some shower steamers and we scroll down to see frequently bought together. I don't show up on their listing, but they show up on mine. And if you keep clicking down this chain like this, uh, chances are you're, you're probably going to see always see a unique on the feature frequently bought together, right? So like 
we went from mom gift to shower steamers to movie night, and now we're seeing popcorn stuff, right? So like it's kind of fun. It's 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 almost like um, what what's that game people play? It's like uh, Kevin Bacon, where you know how how do you connect Kevin Bacon to movies? Well, this would be kind of a fun one to do. Like, hey, how could I connect my product Kevin Bacon style to a certain category? How many connections does it take until I finally get there? And then like here's your here's your tree, right? Like you got your popcorn in the maker here and it's like okay well i gotta i gotta get over to baby goods how quickly could i get the baby goods clicking this and so i'm gonna i'm just gonna see like you know okay i'm in kernels now i left popcorn now i'm in kernels i'm getting stuck in kernels here i don't know how i'm gonna get out of kernels to get over baby goods but we're playing bacon uh kevin bacon uh connections all right so now is that butter so we've, we've got into theater style butter and i'm looping back to kernels i'm stuck i've been looped back so i can't i can't complete the kevin bacon angle and, and get over to baby goods but that's kind of the that's why you can't really do it the SEO route. Like that's me kind of showcasing that you can't connect your product to somebody else's. You really have to do it via PPC, in my opinion. In SEO phase four, the high performance keywords are already in my title. Fantastic. Should I replace it with phase three keywords, which is rank 21 through 40? Part three and part four, which one should be higher priority? There is no correct answer to this question. So for those that don't know, in SEO phase three, we focus on strike zone keywords. So if we pull up a listing like the cutting board one we were looking at, we would go chase organic rank 20 through 50 like this, hit an apply filter. There's 21 of these keywords. These would be the SEO phase three keywords. Now, I typically recommend at least 50 keywords showing up in rank 20 through 50 before you do SEO phase three. So this listing is not ready for it. But if it was, we would come in here and we'd sort the search volume and say, cool, we're going to chase walnut cutting board. And then we're going to make sure walnut cutting board is in the title and the bullets in the A plus content, the alt text, the search terms, everywhere we possibly can. We're going to put it in social posts. We're going to put in the review answers, the questions and answers of the customer. We're going to like plaster this thing everywhere. Uh, in SEO phase four, and I'll pull up my search query performance report for this one. Uh, in here, you would go uh, and search for something that's at the top of the list. So you guys, for, for the super fans, you guys have seen me talk about sage candles for cleansing house. But there's other things in this list that are not necessarily exact match in the title. But this particular one is in the title. So in Tian's situation, he's, he's already got like the top search queries in his title. So what would be his next step? Well, first of all, spend more PPC on them even more. They're still going to be the top search queries for you. Would you pull them out of the title if they show up here? Maybe, most likely no, because if they're on this report, that means you need to increase your market share even more. So I would not pull them out of the title if they're on this report. Having said that, how could you run SEO phase three if the title is full and it's already using these? And the answer to that is experiment. Can you remove one big phrase like sage candles for cleansing house and maintain a 20% market share on everybody purchasing my product if I removed it from the title. And my prediction is I would lose market share. So don't test this in mass, test this in one keyword at a time if you are out of room. Additionally, you could, you could say, okay, the title is too important. I don't wanna move anything out of SEO phase four, which is the market share phase. We also use this as, as kind of ICAP, impressions, clicks, uh, add to carts and purchases. For, and as a refresher, here is the graphic on that. 
And we tripled the market share on this particular keyword by following the ICAP marketing funnel. It's a super powerful strategy. It's easy to follow. It's replicatable. Any of you can do it as long as your brand registered and you go to the search query performance report. You're going to chase things that Amazon says are an opportunity. But at the cost of, of diminishing your market share, if you chase keyword rankings, you could lose market share. So SEO phase four is higher on the pyramid. Having said that, you still need to run experiments. It should never be said and forget it. And so you're going to dip back into SEO phase three. You could go every other like, OK, so August, you're focused on SEO phase three. September, you're focused on SEO phase four. You could rotate back and forth in perpetuity. You could also do both phases at the same time, but obviously that'll diminish the impact and the focus. So maybe you've got one keyword on the search query performance report, engagement gifts for couples, and you're really focused on that. But then maybe bridal shower gift is in SEO rank 40, um, but wasn't on the search query performance report. And I want to focus on both. And so I could do that. And I would put both in the title, both in the bullets, both in the PPC and go, go to town with it. So that's kind of how I balance SEO phase three and SEO phase four. SEO phase three being the strike zone update and SEO phase four being the market share SEO phase. Great question. Josh Kennedy says, happy Friday, Stephen. I tried to make a parentage, but now three of the five listings say inactive out of stock, while at the same time also saying 60 units available. The thumbnails in the back end of Amazon show up when fulfilled by all. Filter circle is selected. Thumbnail says no image available when fulfilled by Amazon. Filter circle is selected. I downloaded my category listings report before this issue happened. When I re-uploaded the rows from the report of the three products, it doesn't fix this. Listings are not search suppressed. Uh, I suspect you have listing yanks, Josh, not a suppression. Uh, so if if it says inactive out of stock, uh, does it have any red or yellow bell alerts next to the listing? Um, if you were to unparent the listings and go to the listing, I suspect you would get a lost dogs page, which is why I think you have a listing yank. So the first thing that I would do um, before you assume it's a yank, I would check stranded inventory. And go to the stranded inventory page. And, and to be honest, I don't go to the stranded inventory page that much these days. Uh, and I don't have any stranded inventory. So I don't even know how to get there. Because they, 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 they change the linkage. It only shows up when you have a stranded event now. Uh, so I may have to find this. But, but I'm looking on the back end right now to see if I can find... In any case, here's what I recommend you do, Josh. Go to the top right, hit help, type in stranded inventory, type your ASIN in here. So let's just put one in, for example. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with this random. Well, it's not even on my account. So let's go, let's go find one that's on my account. We'll click on this one. So we're gonna grab this ASIN, we're gonna type it in here, and we're gonna hit next. And we found multiple SKUs. So so make sure you don't have multiple SKUs giving data conflicts. That that's another thing to, to be on the lookout for. But if you use the help file tool here, determine why a listing is not displaying and it's and, and you come back and it says your active act, listing is active and viable, then you could check out some further things here. This tool is actually one of the useful tools inside of Seller Central. Not a whole lot of those seller support tools are helpful these days, are they? OK, so that's a, that's one of the things I would do. I would check stranded inventory. 
I would type in, I would check this tool, see what it comes back and says. The next thing I would do is, and, and by the way, I stocked out of this. Can you see that? We accidentally left it down at $15 for too long and it sold out. That was, that was my bad. Uh, I got it up to like 12,000 in the BSR though. So, so in here, if you go to the back end, you can see on the offer page, um, there's, there's certain fields that can be filled in like offer start date. Josh, have you checked your offer start date? And is it in the past? Go to the more details section, check the launch date and the release date. If any one of those three is in the future, set it to today's date, hit save, and your problem will be solved. So Josh, I gave you like four or five ideas. Please come back. Let me know if I solved your problem. I always love solving people's problems and, and report back, all right? When I upload an inventory file to create a parent listing for my existing standalone child listing, I keep getting a 60-24 error. You are not authorized to list this product under this brand. Have you seen this before? I have brand registry been selling for a long time with this brand. Let's go to back to part one here. So error code 6024. I do not know that error code by heart. So I'm going to Google it. Amazon error code 6024. We really ought to make more videos on each of the error codes. I think that'd be a good action item, Geraldine, if we could write that down. All right. So seller is not authorized to list products by the brand. Okay. So are you brand registered? I don't see information. Go, go to part two. Are they brand registered? I have brand registry, been selling for a long time. So that sounds to me like there's a brand note ID issue. If you're brand registered and you get error code 6024, is the, oh, okay, okay, here's what I would do. Is the UPC loaded to the GTIN field? I see this all the time. If we go to my manage inventory page and let's, let's keep to the same ASIN we've been talking about today and I hit edit right here. Uh, do you see an FN SKU right here? And do you see a vital info? Do you have the UPC field filled into this field? I highly recommend that you use UPC instead of the ASIN attribute. And if you did a UPC waiver, that's the problem. You need to fill in the UPC to get the brand node connected to the ASIN. And I don't know, I don't remember, Tian, what your brand name is, but if you have a competitor, not a competitor, if you have somebody else who has brand registered your brand name in a different catalog category, there could be a brand node ID connection issue. So the keyword here, the key phrase is brand node ID. You are trying to connect your ASIN to the brand node ID. And there is a variety of reasons why that bugs out and doesn't work creating the help file that we saw on error code 6024. So try that. Try those two things. File If the UPC is not there, do a template file upload loading the UPC. If that fixes it, great. Fantastic. Report back. Let me know how that did. If it doesn't fix it, file brand registry tickets. Ask them to set the brand node ID for your product so it connects and removes the error. Probably will be a few tickets to get that one to go through. David Scott, I put the wrong FN SKU sticker on 10 units. I shipped out an error. I started a removal to recall all inventory waiting for the rest to hit. Is this the proper way to handle such an issue? If it's only 10, I probably would have let it go, truth be told. Um, I would have just let the 10 go out, unless this is like a $300 item. 
Uh, the problem you have with removal orders is that like it's really hard to segregate just those 10 to get those removed and fix them. And so if I were you, if it was just 10 units, I would have just uh, filed a ticket with Amazon to move them to the correct inventory bin and hope for the best. Chances are they probably won't move them. But for 10 units, it's a lot of hoopla to do removal orders. So that's kind of how I would have handled that one, David. Robert Burton says, I forgot my, to custom name my SKU when setting up a listing. So I added a new condition for the product to start selling a different SKU. Can I now safely delete the old SKU and product listing? Yes, I believe so. Question two, like many of us, I have a lot of positive reviews and comments submitted as feedback. Uh, you can hit the contact customer button on the feedback and, and encourage them to write a product review. It's not worth the effort. Nobody does it. Uh, reviews are not that important. People put a lot of weights in product reviews. They are really not that important. Is it possible to add a link in A plus e EBC content for the feedback page, somehow direct customers attention to feedback, maybe in the brand story section? Uh, it's against uh, the brand guidelines to talk about reviews unless they are substantiated, excuse me, substantiated. So if you had um, like a New York Times article saying you have the best product ever and you put a link to it and you took a screenshot, that would be kosher. If you use Amazon's own reviews and you screenshot customer reviews and put it in A-plus content, I have seen that done. I do believe it's against policy, uh, but I have seen it go through at the same time. So I don't think they care that much, but they might push back. If you just want to say, hey, go look at all our reviews, or we have 5,000 reviews on Amazon, I think you could say that. I don't know if it's persuasive, uh, but if you feel strongly, test it out. Run an A-B test with your A-plus content. See what happens. That's kind of how I handle um, unknown situations. Always be testing. Hello, Stephen. Come from Jerry from Canada, it looks like. I think we're going to get a, a trademark order from, from Jerry today. So, Jerry, thank you for that in advance. We filed more than 1,000 trademarks at my Amazon guy. You can get brand registered in under seven days if you use the USPTO trademark. Uh, and Jerry's uh, likely to order a Canada trademark today. So, Jerry, it's been nice communicating with you in email. Yes, that was me communicating back to you. Some people are usually surprised to learn I do my own emails. Josh says, what is a good click-through rate? What is a good conversion rate? It depends on the category. So CTR, I would say on ads, anywhere around 0.35 is the baseline for a sponsored product. So if you're higher than that, great. If you're lower than that, might be category specific. Uh, on SEO, the CTR is predicated based on uh, the position of the keyword. So to answer this, I'm going to go look at the search query performance report and go over it. So we're going to go to the Age of Sage brand, and we're going to look at the Sage Candles for Cleansing House keywords. So 2,000 people are looking at this keyword. There are over 5,000 brands that show up. I have a brand share of the impressions at this very moment in week 30 at 4.26%. But look at my brand share on clicks, 17%. So my CTR is 17% on the keyword. A lot of people don't realize how important this report is, the search query performance report used in our ICAP marketing funnel, because you can see your market share on four layers, right? So I'll pull up this graphic. 
you have your market share at the impression level, your market share at the click level, as well as the add to carts and the purchases level. And so by knowing your market share at each one of these levels, you know what to do on the brand. So the impression share will dictate your click rate here, right? Because if you have a super low impression rate, your click-through rate will also be low because there's not a lot of people clicking on it for that keyword. So, But keep in mind, uh, viewable CTR is a very different metric than the one we're talking about uh, versus the click-through rate when somebody sees it as compared to seeing other things, right? So if, if we go to the, this is a complex topic. So I have to break this one down a little bit. But if we were going to look for uh, Age of Sage incense like this, and I type in this keyword, everybody on screen here just got an impression, just like that. Boom, one impression each. If I click on this product, all of these are ads, by the way. But if I click on this product right here, they got the click or I got the click. And none of them did. Now, if you extrapolate that a thousand times and a thousand people run the same search and I click on this one, 5% uh, of the time, that's 5% of the click and impression share with that in mind. So if you are trying to improve your CTR, you need to understand that the main image has the highest capacity to affect CTR. This is why it is so imperative that you do a lot of research and reworking of your main image, right? Showing the packaging is an important first step for most products. Showing the accessories and other elements also very important. So, so click-through rate on a keyword basis from the search query performance will, will measure all of the impressions. If I scroll down, here's my Amazon's choice for my incense sticks. If I scroll down and I see these things, but then I looked at 100 products, but I clicked one, I get one out of 100 of the impression share volume going to the Age of Sage product. But if we're looking at this from a PPC standpoint, it's very different because there are only certain PPC uh, ad placements available. And so in PPC, a 0.35 is kind of the standard, right? So let's go into my advertising here. And let's click into a random manual campaign, or maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll look at some uh, click-throughs. So we're going to add in a column here. So customize columns, and I want to see my click-through rate today. So I'm going to click on that. Okay. And uh, big debate on ACOS versus uh, ROAS. We've been seeing. So you can see my average on every single campaign has a CTR of 0.29. But you'll also notice that certain campaigns have a CTR of 1% or larger. That's a pretty big difference between campaign structures. So sometimes certain campaigns can really be very, very high if it's a really pertinent keyword campaign. So I think this particular campaign has a one keyword campaign. So the CTR is 1%. Now, if you were comparing video ads, video ads have a higher CTR. And so do sponsored brand headlines. They have a higher CTR. They're higher on the funnel. They're unique. There's only one of them in the search results, though we are seeing Amazon tests running a second video ad in search results. I don't think they're going to show a second brand headline ad, but who knows? Amazon's running out of space. They don't have a lot of places to go. Uh, 
CTR can also be factored in from clicking on a product from your page like this. If somebody clicks on one of these ads, that's part of your CTR. That's why the CTR at 0.35 is so low is because there's just so many ads on Amazon to consider how that's working. So I spent a lot of time talking CTR. And I haven't even talked conversion rate yet. The reason I had to do that, though, is because it's it's a very in-depth talk. There's a lot of things to learn about CTR, especially as the, the frame of which you measure it. But the easiest way to measure it is, this, is the CTR of PPC campaigns. And I said 0.35 is kind of the baseline. And I'm slightly below the baseline because I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive. I, I overspend on my, my ads, right? So I've spent $53,000, got $92,000 back in the last 62 days. It's a pretty aggressive... PPC budget for my power ranking of a seller. Um, conversion rates, totally different topic. Completely more, even more so category specific. An average category though, run-of-the-mill category, conversion rate 8 to 12%. Now, if I, I had a coaching call yesterday with somebody who was selling um, in the journal category who had a conversion rate of 2%. And I don't know anything about the journal category off the top of my head, but maybe 2% in the journal category is okay. Maybe a conversion rate that low is normal in that category. And so you just need to know what your conversion rate is compared to everybody else. And what better way to do that than to check the search query performance report. So here is where the conversion rate gets easy to track. So if we look at the Sage Candles for Cleansing House, and we scroll to the far right, at this very moment, uh, one out of six people is purchasing this product on that keyword. We've been able to get this as high as 20%. So one out of six people right now purchasing this product, and the, the, the conversion rate is 15% of the market. Now, technically, there's a lot of ways you can track conversion rate. On the ICAP funnel model, you can track conversion rate as a market share conversion rate to see how you're doing, right? So out of, and you could use this as a baseline. If your add to cart percentage is higher than your purchase percentage, then your conversion rate is dropping as compared to your competitors. Somebody out there has picked up my three points that I lost from the add to cart transition to the purchase level. So conversion rates overall, if you divide all traffic to an ASIN, so if we go to the business reports tab and we go and we look at like the overall conversion rate. So let's look at sales and traffic tab and let's do it by month. We're just gonna look at say, uh, August to date. So I've got $12,700 in the last three days, essentially, four days. So here's my session count at 6,500. And my order percentage rate is at 8.42%. So I'm right in the average month to date on conversion rate. And anything above 12% is exceptional. Anything above 15% to 20% or more Almost nine out of 10 times, you have not spent enough money on ads. You need to spend more money on ads if your conversion rate is too high. All right. We spent a long, long time answering this question, but it was a very good one to do today.
Uh, Jerry says, file the Canada trademark, try and do brand registry if it lets you. Great. If it doesn't, file the U.S. trademark and get brand registry because the Canada trademark takes one to two years. Do you mean on yours or here in Canada, in Canada specifically? Canada trademarks uh, are take a long time to process. So if you are a Canadian seller, like Jerry clearly is with the maple flag, you need to file uh, probably both trademarks. You need the U.S. one to get brand registered fast, and you need the Canadian one to just protect your, your local turf. Hijacking exists high, at higher levels in Canada because there's not as much intellectual property control mechanisms. The Canadian government also takes a long time filing them. I also want to say you guys are top-notch to work with, and you should be proud of them. Thank you, Jerry. I really appreciate that. I'm proud of my team, too. We get lots of good, positive feedback. Charlie says, is it true video ads don't help with organic ranking at all? That is true, but we don't know if that will change. Uh, some of the testing I've run, I don't see I don't see the keyword rankings move up on video ads. They might, though. It just might just be super minor. Erhan says, what's the best practice to manage 700 SKUs on an Amazon catalog? <laughs> Very carefully, Erhan. Uh, run a PPC campaign with an auto campaign with 700 ad groups with a five cent auto bid and make 700 ad groups, one for each, and at least get ads up in bulk. That A cost will be super low. You will get some sales in the door that's incremental. Thank me later. That just That's a huge tip on a high skew catalog. Very, very good tip. Other things you can do, try and make A plus content that will work on hundreds of listings or at least dozens of listings where you take the same A-plus content but make it germane to as many products as possible and gets, and at least check the box of having A-plus content live. Following that, go in and customize your top sellers. Use the 80-20 rule. Focus on 80% of your time to the 20% of the portfolio that has the largest impact. And if you do that, you will have the best bang for the buck because it takes 80% of your effort to do the last 20% typically. So that's why that 80-20 rules is, is a very good mechanism to make those judgments up and down, choosing where to spend your time. Other things you can do is template upload files, get very familiar with them, make uh, category changes at large. So for example, if I used to run a 125,000 SKU brand, lighting brand full-time. That was my full-time job. And what I did there is I, I divided my entire catalog into subcategories, sconces, or chandeliers or fans. And then I made keyword sets that were germane or a master keyword set by category. And I did the data in mass. Over time, we went back through and tried to customize some manual efforts there. But you go for the scalable 80-20 approach whenever possible on a high skew catalog. Barack says, uh, more than 20 products on Amazon. Can I add multiple comparison product modules on A-plus content? Yes, you can. Uh, Liberty Garden does it. So I can show them all three product grids. I've only seen two rows, but I bet you can get away with a third one. Um, so I think you'll be fine there. M. Kafka. Hi, Steven. Thanks for the content. You're very welcome. What is the best PPC strategy for a new brand product? Just listed with no reviews at all. The other ASINs under the same brand have very high reviews. Beat them on price in the first 30 days. Get as You need sales to get sales. You need velocity to win on Amazon. 
And, and so drive as much traffic as you possibly can with a low price and turn units. Do not go to market at the price that you want to sell at permanently. Never do that. Go to market with a super low price, get some sales in the door, get, get a few reviews, but don't focus on review gen, just get them and then raise your price slowly. That is the best PPC strategy. The second best PPC strategy is sponsored products, manual and auto campaigns, broad match, phrase, and exact, all separated out with hyper-segmentation and five keywords per campaign max. Jeff, good to talk with you, man. How can I get seller support to change the name of a variation? I've opened several support cases already. No help. Redone the uploads of the spreadsheet. This is a brand registry ticket, not a seller support ticket, Jeff. Uh, and and you need to show them proof. Take a, take a cell phone picture of your product. Give them a UPC with a link to a website where the product is listed. And just push that ticket until they make the change. It is a brand registry uh, data ticket. It's actually a relatively easy one. It just takes a lot of tickets sometimes when they get stuck. Good to see you, Jeff. Beast Canteen, my issue is badminton rackets convert really well. Badminton racket, not so well. Of course, more clicks for the singular. What about a modifier plus rackets? Does that work in exact? To my knowledge, no. Uh, Amazon's algorithm is making equal weighting between the singular and the plural. I wish they would change this, but to my knowledge, that does not work, unfortunately. If anybody has knowledge that is contrary to what I am stating, I do want you to speak up because that would be new information. But we've recently tested this, recently as, as of this week, and found otherwise, unfortunately. Uh, we did an ASIN review for Beast Canteen today. If you guys want us to do an ASIN review on your listing, just do a $10 sticker donation, and we'll dive into it. Jaheel says, we've had all of those discussions, actually, lowering stock in Seller Central, FBM versus FBA. We've tried tier lowering the price, and vendor will still go dollar. I think he just sees it as more as another income stream rather than back on the strategic business move. Raise the price of the FBA listing a dollar. Not like if you want sales on Amazon, you don't care where they come from. Don't fight the system. Just work the system. Let's let Seller Central be the backup. Uh, if you're worried about storage costs, then why fill the storage at all at Seller Central? Just leave it. Just leave it unstock and just do Vendor Central. If if you're getting stock out issues, that's the reason why you do a backup inventory over at Seller Central. There's no other benefit really. It's just to be a backup. You're not actually increasing sales. Elaine from LinkedIn says hello, hello back. Becca says the frequently bought together seem to match the products on market basket analysis report 99% of the time when all products are shown. Is that a thing? I believe so. Uh, we've seen a lot of correlation between what actual people purchase and actually put in their baskets. Frequently bought together is literal data. People actually do physically buy those products together. Steven, out of all the reports on Seller Central, which one do you recommend to use on a regular basis? Uh, that's easy. The business reports that go up here. So you go to your cursor, put your cursor on uh, reports, business reports. And look at the dashboard, the sales and traffic, and the sale by ASIN. These are my favorite reports. I always look at these. You get a macro view, you get a micro view, you get an ASIN view, and, and it's very, very helpful. If you go over to the ASIN report, for example, and you see, oh my gosh, one of my, my, my bad products is all of a sudden selling a bunch and it's in the top 10 now, you can make a lot of actions. This is actually how 
I found out that this product was selling so well is because I was doing a routine review of my ASIN report to shoot a video. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is now a top four seller. I thought this thing was trash. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I lowered that down to $15. I forgot about that. And then I raised my price back up and uh, I'm restocking it. So, you know, that definitely happens. I have a new product launching on Sunday since it's the best day for sales. Yes, absolutely. Sunday, best day of the week to launch a product. Super low budget for this. So what time of day would be the best time to turn on my campaigns? Also, which ones would be best? On launch with low budget and low bids. All types are set up, just turned off. Thinking of just using broad, exact, and category, then auto a week later so I don't waste spend on the first week. Jaheel, I think you're looking at this the wrong way. I understand you got some budget constraints, but I would highly encourage you to create an auto campaign and broad match campaign day one and then collect data and start negating keywords that don't work as quickly as possible. Uh, the auto campaign will get impressions faster than your exact match campaigns. That's And, and you have a product launch. And during product launches, you need sales to get sales. Honeymoon period, anybody? Anybody want to drop a link to the honeymoon video? Uh, very, very important to focus on that honeymoon period. The first 30 days, you need to load as many sales into the platform as possible. Therefore, create all the ad groups and budget accordingly. Budget to have enough money to launch that product. Because if you don't do well in the first 30 days, it's harder to move up the needle over time. Becca, thank you for the super sticker. Appreciate it. Dante says, I'm looking to take over a small market with different styles of products and multiple listings. All the power to you, sir. How should I go to advertise without bringing the keyword cost high for that market and not outbid myself? Uh, well, I'm trying to think. There, there's probably a category that I started that I did this to myself in. Uh, it's not it's not coming to the top. Uh, well, maybe the Megapint stuff is kind of like that. So... The keyword, um, here, here's the good news. When you're selling a product and you have multiple campaigns, you do not increase the bid against yourself because you can't win a bid against yourself. So this Megapint cup listing, one of my most successful product launches ever, uh, has the Amazon's choice for tumblers and water glasses, for crying out loud, uh, moved thousands of units of this product, did really, really, really well. And we had multiple campaigns with multiple products and SKUs all targeting the same thing. PPC costs went up, not because of me targeting against myself, though. It's because everybody else wanted to join the bandwagon, which is why I threw a pirate eye patch in just to make my product special. And you know what happened when we did that? Go look at my reviews. People started posting pictures with the eye patch. How about that? Right? Like, <laughs> she doesn't look like a very happy person, but I'll take it. Right? This person showed the eye patch you know, awesome cup, went on a day trip, right? Uh, this person didn't have a good experience. They got a dent, unfortunately. Uh, there's a, there's another eye patch. So very, very helpful. Anybody that gets a dent, of course, I'm going to replace their product, right? So dishwasher safe, yes. Here's what I need to do. I need to do a video showing me putting it into the dishwasher and showing them I do it myself. So I'm that is my action item today. I'm going to make that happen. All right, let's go to the next one. Where can we find Troas and tacos on Seller Central? So I'm not familiar with Troas, but Roas uh, and, oh, okay, he's saying total return on ad spend. These, these metrics do not exist on Amazon. These are metrics that are made by 
people um, who like to look at different metrics, but Amazon has not added these as trackables. The good news is that they're super easy to calculate. All you got to do is download the data and just create a numerator and a denominator division. You're going to divide. So I actually have a video coming out on the difference between ROAS and, and ACOS, as well as some tacos questions that'll come out next week. And uh, for, for TROAS, essentially, you're just going to divide your total um, sales of your ads by your total sales on the account. And then for tacos, you're going to divide the total ad spend divided by total sales on the account. And you can get those metrics pretty quickly. Can you talk about removing excess inventory? Any tips to save money? What are the fees? Should I wait until Amazon allows for free inventory removals before events like Prime Day or Xmas? Well, uh, I would say you're probably better off removing it without counting on Amazon because you can't guarantee they're going to do a removal holiday. Uh, they say it's a one-time thing and they're never going to do it again, but this is kind of going on four years. So, But here's the thing. This year, stockouts and inventory and the inflation and all these economic challenges we have right now, are, have never been in worse shape, never, ever been in worse shape. So I actually don't think Amazon is going to be out of space this year. And I don't think they're going to do a holiday this year. That's my prediction. So I would just remove them now, personally. I think it's the right thing to do. Pay the cost. Uh, no way to save money on the removal orders, but you could just lower the price of your items and just try and sell them out. That's, that's the only, liquidating is, is better than removal. What is an appropriate num multiple uh, appropriate multiple for calculating the valuation of an FBA business? I would say 3.5 right now. EBITDA is probably the right number. Um, you can flex that up for an FBA business if there are other valuable things that you have. For example, if you had a YouTube channel with 500,000 views a month, I would say that would increase your multiple. If you had a TikTok account, same question. Um, if you have other things that make your brand special, EBITDA will go up. Um, otherwise, I think it's pretty safe to do 3.5. Uh, if it's under a million dollars in run rate, though, I don't think you can even get 3.5. I, I think it's there's just a lot of effort to purchase brands at these prices. Uh, that you're not going to command a 3.5. We know that EBITDA's went as high as four to six in the last two years because of the aggregators. But guess what? All of the aggregators are suffering right now. Thrasio laid people off. Um, hiring freezes have been very common in the top five ags. And, and so there's a lot of suffering and reworking of the business models that's going on. They're not going to buy um, random products anymore. So your super niche products, your non-evergreen products, good luck selling. You're not going to be able to, uh, not to ags anyway. You need, you're going to need to find a strategic buyer. Uh, there are many brokers, there are many platforms, but I think that there's just there's just a big deal flow right now. So EBITDAs are down. Even if the exact match campaigns are super low, monthly search volumes, long tail keywords. Saw you and Mina uh, video talking. I liked his approach because he did it because he was in a competitive market. So the longer tail keywords that you have, uh, the lower your cost will be on those keywords typically because not everybody's bidding on them. And so like the, so for example, if you have a five word long tail keyword and you are competing against somebody that has a broad match campaign with two keywords in it, and you're only targeting the long tail and you're bidding up five cents, you're going to win those bids. You're going to have better results and they're going to be lower a cost because the higher conversion rate, because it's long tail. So that's, that's the strategy there. 
Let's say I have a passport cover, a luggage tag, and a listing combo of both. Do you recommend having them in three child variations or each separated? They will be the same design. I would parent those together on launch, Zeke, and then over time, if two of the listings have such great sales, they're both in the top 10,000 on Amazon, break them up. And the reason to break them up is because you'll show up in search results twice, which is the benefit of breaking them up. But until you have 500 reviews or until you have high velocity units, parent them together 100% of the time. How many people on this call know the seller support on hold music in their sleep now? <laughs> Does it, is it a little triggering sometimes when you call in, Jeff? Uh, I, I, I sense a little trigger alert here. <laughs> Oase, uh, how would you measure success for a product launch? I would say if you sell 50% of your units in the first 90 days, that is a successful product launch. If you sold 50 percent of your units in the first 30 days, that's an exceptional launch. Would counting track of BSR help? No, I, I think you got to measure your success based on how much inventory you purchase. Because you could have a 500,000 BSR, but if you only bought five units, you're still pretty happy. Uh, but if you're trying, if, if you have a 50,000 BSR and you stock out, it could be because you didn't buy enough, right? There could be good problems. There could be bad problems to have. Uh, your BSR and your products going up and down a lot. Yeah, I would do this on unit count, right? Like what was your goal when you launched? How many units did you want to move and buy when? And judge your success based on that. I got hiccups coming up. All right, let's go to the next one. Robert says, is it possible to add a link in A plus content to the feedback page? Nope, not possible. Can't do an actual link. Alex says, I have a keyword with 140% ACOS when I lower the bid. ACOS goes even higher. What should I do and why? Stop lowering the bid if ACOS is going higher. That's easy. Um, you probably uh, you probably need to have a, a, a better segmentation of your campaign strategy. Make sure you have um, the conversion rate handled. You probably have some listing optimization issues. 140% ACOS, there's, there's a lot of problems with your listing. Your pricing might be too low. Your listing might not be optimized enough. You might be chasing the wrong keywords altogether. Abdullah says, hi from LinkedIn. Hello. Brandon says, hey, Stephen, happy Friday. We are working with a brand that has brand registry, but their Hero Products listing was created by a former distributor. We can't make any changes to the listing. Advice. So you need to file brand registry tickets, and you also need to disable the former distributor's brand registry. Take away the seller contribution from them and you will get this problem resolved. Pretty liquidity split. Um, if you don't know how to remove somebody from brand registry, you do this in the brand registry portal. Go to settings in the top right. Click on users and simply remove them. It goes like that. Super easy to do. If they are not on the brand registry, you are on the brand registry and you're still having issues. File brand registry tickets until your issue gets resolved. Make sure UPCs are loaded in the GTIN field. And you should get some progress on this question. Follow-up. Are their brand registry name is different than the listing to? So their brand name is different. So if, if you have a brand, you know, I've just got random things on my desk here. I've, I've been taking some supplements to recover from my rib injury. So Megafood, if this is the brand name that one person filed for brand registry in no space, and on another listing, it had a space. 
then that's two different brand registries unless you file for an alias and gain alias control. So Brandon, it sounds like you might need to file a ticket to gain alias control and brand registry or file a new trademark for the alias in question. Pratik over on LinkedIn says, how much time and sales are required to improve IPI from 310 to 400? Uh, it, 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 this is a velocity question. If you are turning two times the storage every 60 days, you should be at 400 IPI. So you need the velocity to go up. And if you get the velocity to a three, then the weighting on the IPI will go fast. Um, but I would say from a 310 to a 400, that's at least 90 days, probably more realistically closer to 100 to 150. Hi, Flanders. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for hosting the live q and I'm struggling with getting enough seller reviews. I have enough product review, but very few customers leave seller reviews. Any advice on how to improve that? Ignore it. Stop focusing on reviews, guys. It doesn't move the needle. Nobody checks seller feedback. Nobody cares about it unless they are trying to buy a product with 10 sellers. Now, if you're a product with only one seller, they have to buy it from you. It doesn't matter what your seller feedback is. That, now, that doesn't mean let the negative reviews stand. Go in and remove those, of course. But like, stop worrying whether you have 100 or 1,000 of them. It, it makes no conversion difference on your sale. No, no consumer is trained to look at these fields. Hi, Stephen. What should be the estimated budget about Launch USA if selling a product is around $25? And I sourced it at 10, including DDP. I would say uh, $2,000 in COGS and $2,000 in marketing. That is a standard operating marketing budget for a new product launch. And then if you do well, you re-up the budget. Alexander says, I have a case on Amazon Seller Central about my ASIN being removed. I've provided all the information and not received an answer for them since July 31st. How long should I keep waiting? Can I escalate? Absolutely escalate. Uh, I would use the account health call button and ask them to see if they have anybody looking at it. Ask for escalation. File another case about the reinstatement. Absolutely escalate. Amazon is a culture of escalation. You will see things online talking about how if you file additional tickets, it'll slow down the response. That is partially true. The part that is true is if you send eight responses, absolutely will slow it down. But if it's been six days, that's an appropriate time frame to send a second response. Restate the problem, ask for reinstatement, make sure you've given them the full POA, everything they've asked for. By the way, we do have a, um, a reinstatement course at Mag School. Um, this one is the one course above $20. This one costs $1,000 because it is literally our, our, our top trade secrets on how to reinstate a listing. So if you have a lot of trouble, you want to do it yourself, do that. You could also hire my Amazon guy. We do reinstatement work and coaching calls. So you can go over to myamazonguy.com. You can select a coach. You can talk to me for 400 bucks or you could use Shabon for 175 to focus on a reinstatement issue. If you want us to just log in and handle it for you, we also have that service available. And you can see the suspensions drop down right over here. Click on listing, reinstatement. Trademarks are right there. You notice how we can do the Canadian one, which we're going to do for Jerry today. SEO phases are over here. All of your full service management. Click on that yellow button if you want full service management. You can talk to somebody. Same day appointments available for free to talk to our team if you're an Amazon seller and you want to help running everything out. 
What's the best time on Sunday? Okay, M Manny says, nope, that's good. We already did that one. If I launch a new variation, Manny asks, can I use Vine on this ASIN? Yes, you can, but it has to be outside of the parentage with the parent not having 30 reviews. By the way, thanks for the video. Answer your customers with video. This is a game changer. I think so. I was really excited about it. I don't know if you guys can tell when I get excited about something, but I, I like. I was like really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do video responses to customers. I just don't have any time to shoot the videos. That's my problem. Uh, but I'm so excited to, to start shooting video responses to customers. I think it's going to be a massive game changer. Everybody should be doing it. Um, send out an email blast, put out a YouTube thing. Really, really cool feature, right? Amazon's taking away our ability to talk to customers right now. Anytime they add a new way to talk to them, do it. Really important. Bobby says, register brand owner here. Brand changed overnight, a few hundred ASINs and Amazon supports not getting them corrected, at least in 19 case logs. Help, help, help. You, Bobby, you need the big boys. You, you need to hire us <laughs> because you have a massive bet. You have a, a, a hijacking issue of great proportions. You're going to lose thousands of dollars until that's resolved. You need to hire for help. Um, I am the guy to help you with that kind of issue. So please do consider hiring us. If you try and do this one alone, here's what I would do. Make sure the UPC field is filled into the GTIN. File one brand registry ticket per product until resolved and keep filing them over and over and over again. Super important. You need to keep the communication up and escalate, escalate, escalate. Super, super important. What would be the best time? We did this one. Keep going. Uh, always be advertising. Never turn them off. Abdul says, I just want to be clear with this theory, please. I was watching another guru's video. She many times said you can't negative ASIN in an auto campaign. Said you can't and clearly clear this up. So the feature and ability to type in the ASIN into an auto campaign does in fact exist. So if the video is older than two years ago, that feature didn't exist at that time. The question though is, does it work? And that is up for debate. I do believe we've heard complaints that some people are having issues with their auto campaigns not showing up, uh, not or, or are showing up for ace and targeting. Okay, I, uh, Geraldine, we got time for three more. Uh, these are going to be quick ones. Uh, Manny says, thanks so much for your answer. Joe Jose says, thanks, Stephen. So much valuable advice. You're very welcome. Very informative content, Adnan says. You're very welcome. If you guys like today's show, please add a comment, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't, and tell one other person to show up next week, every Friday at noon, Eastern Standard Time. And Geraldine, which three questions have you selected to be our last today? Seaside Owen says, I have many customers making five-star product reviews on my seller's feedback. Any way to communicate with them? Yes, there is. You just uh, you go to the order and you hit contact them and you can contact them. It's not worth doing, but you can do it. Zip, quicker, is there any way to market Amazon customers that bought a specific product? Yes, use sponsored display retargeting based on the ASIN. We have a brand new gadget that is far superior to our competition. Sponsored product display is the way to go on this one. And our final question today is coming in from Sohabe. Hi, Stephen. Amazon deleted the listing. This ASIN has GTIN codes that do not match the brand associated to the ASIN. All documents provided, GS1 cert, URL showing product, UPC, and SKU. Kindly guide. 
So I have started to receive reports this week that Amazon might be finally cracking down on US um, GS1 UPC code connections. I have long told everybody to be reactive to this question. So if you have not purchased GS1, personally, I would continue to be reactive and wait and see if it ever happens to your account. For those that have the proper documentation but are getting screwed over by Amazon just doing this to them, there is not a great protocol at this time. Amazon's policies are unclear. The process to resolve this issue is unclear. And support has been unhelpful on this question. The best advice I can give you is, is to do exactly what you did. Show them the documentation. File one case per ASIN, both on seller support and brand registry, and escalate the heck out of this. After you've filed several cases and gone through the regular process, send an email to jeff at amazon.com as follows. Dear seller, seller, seller Central Escalations executive team, please note that our ASINs have been erroneously removed and we have uh, GS1 proper UPC codes, but, but they have been told that they don't match and they've been uh, deleting our listings. This, of course, is affecting us in the thousands of dollars. Attached, you will see the case IDs with the proof here is my merchant token idea. Please resolve this issue. Make the email as short as possible. Get to the point. Give them case log information. And you're, you got to escalate the heck out of this because this is a broken process with no proven solution today. That's our show today. My name is Stephen Pope. It's so fun to do these interviews and do some Q&A. Uh, thank you for your wisdom. Koa says, uh, let's see if we got any other and Jose says, thanks so much for the valuable information. So you're very you're welcome, guys. I have a blast. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of my Amazon guy. We're going to launch sellercentraljobs.com next week. Mag School, go get your courses over there. And if you want to hire or consider talking to me, you can go to myamazonguy.com and click on contact. It's our pleasure to serve the industry. It's not me against you. It's all of us against Amazon.